This episode is powered by Poddex. Fanboys and fangirls, welcome to another edition of Talking Pop. It's the podcast on all things pop culture. I'm your host, the franchise. Of course, join me as my co host, the one and only Biko. Hello. Hey guys, it's time for another new centric episode of the podcast. Um, it's fucking hot outside, and hope you guys are staying cool. I pretty much had been outdoors pretty much the week, and yeah, I'm getting a, some kind of color now on me. and yeah, <laughs> as you can see, I'm more tanner now. I'm losing my paleness, and yeah, I miss my paleness skin. But oh well, things I have to do for work. Okay, well, I was right now. I was just going through like you know we use a lot of like various like news outlets to see what's going on, and apparently I came across. I'll say the most ridiculous thing ever, especially if you're a Batman fan, especially if you're a Batman fan that grew up in the '90s. Yeah. Um, because this particular film was pretty much what happened. There's a lot of backstory to this because it all started when, you know, like when Tim Burton did the first two films and there were plans for a third film that was going to, you know, he was going to have, it was going to introduce, you know, you know, Michael Keaton was still coming back as Batman. Billy D. Williams was still going to be there as Harvey Dent. And it was introduced... Apparently, Marlon Williams was supposed to play Robin. So, it was introducing Robin. And Tim Burton was still going to direct, but something came down the line, and all of a sudden, the whole dynamic changed, where basically the whole cast got pretty much kicked out, basically. That's when Val Kilmer took over as Bruce Wayne. Chris O'Donnell took over as Robin. They had um, Tommy Lee Jones coming in as Two-Face. So, he replaced Billy Dee Williams as Harvey Dent. And you had Jim Carrey coming off the success of, you know, Dumb and Dumber and Ace Ventura taking on the role of the Riddler. Apparently right now, I don't know if you guys remember Batman Forever, but apparently I just came across this new article from CBR.com. And the headline says, 
Batman fans are preparing to make hashtag release the Schumacher cut trend. And it says here, <laughs> the headline says fans are hoping to see the Joel Schumacher cut of Batman forever is set to make release hashtag release the Schumacher cut trend on social media next week. This is written by Brian Cronin. It was published about, actually about 14 minutes ago. <laughs> And this is what this article reads. Before we give our opinion, I'm going to read the article verbatim so you guys think what you will. Um, it says here, fans of Joel Schumacher are planning to have a tra- hashtag, air quotes, training event on June 16th to get the hashtag, release the Schumacher cut, training to get enough publicity to push Warner Bros. to agree, remember, Warner Bros. Discovery, to agree to release the director's cut of Joel Schumacher's 1995, I don't know why this is a hit film. That five hit film. This is a hit film. This is a that five hit film. Better forever. Obviously, with the obviously with the successful hashtag release the Schneider Cut campaign, I saw Zack Schneider's vision of the 2017 film Justice League movie come to fruition. Fans have been emboldened to try again another noble director's cuts release. However, it is one thing to just ask for a director's cut of a film. It's also a whole other thing to have confirmation that not only does the director's cut exist of a certain film. But that the director's cut is dramatically different from the original critically ravaged film. And it says here that's why two of the films that fans have recently have been David Ayer's director's cut of the 2016 Suicide Squad, which currently holds a 40 on Metacritic, and Schumacher's Batman Forever currently holds a 51 on Metacritic. Okay, that's being generous. The call for reasons Schumacher's cut was also taken on some extra poignancy following the director's death in June of 2020. Schumacher has directed a number of more critically acclaimed films like Tigerland and Falling Down, so fans for the release of this original version and Batman Forever will help his legacy. So, what do you think? You think they should? And you think this is like a ridiculous thing? Because honestly... I mean, the only thing I remember about Batman Forever was the marketing campaign that McDonald's helped because I know we have the glasses. This was back then when McDonald's guys, you don't remember, if you didn't grow up in the 90s, early 80s, early 90s, McDonald's used to have like a lot of little promotional items. Mm-hmm. They used to have like, you know, plates, glassware, especially when they had like... A lot of extra movie, shit you can buy. Like movie licensing. Yeah, you could buy, if you bought like a meal or something, you could get it at a discounted price. Um, they had it for like different marketing campaigns, a lot of, like Disney ones. Um, they had it for Flintstones. I remember they had it for the Flintstones. They had it for um, for Batman Forever. I remember that. Um, not at Disney when Disney Parks had the the celebrations. I think they had the when they were promoting the theme parks and stuff. I think when Animal Kingdom came out, but I think they did the hundred years of Disney Magic. So they released like specially glasses for. For that, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, they did the, I remember they did the plates. They did like holiday style plates. So they had like the Rob McDonald friends and everything. I remember those. And they had like, I think when Hercules came out, they had like a special place for Hercules. Like promotional plastic plates. And they were plastic plates. It sucked that you couldn't use them in the microwave because because the way the plastic was, it wasn't microwavable. Yeah, so they're, they're like, they're, they're basically like cheap plates being printed off to being sold as collector's items but they're very just very cheaply made and more or less a gimmick but people fell for it and back when like they would make you try harder for that happy meal you know they make you buy the you're sick of the toy but they yeah it was nice it brought more promotion to the whatever the movie you're watching disney was pretty big with mcdonald's at that time so they were interchangeably going through the movies and going through releases of toys and random fucking memorabilia to buy from the but the movie and 
those fucking glasses were one of them, which were really cool. I mean, we still have them, but nonetheless, like, it's funny that McDonald's doesn't even do that shit anymore. But for them to do a whole Schumacher movie, uh, just because Zack Schneider got a little bit of praise on him still getting work more work done in, in Hollywood. Like, I think because he was able to go back why. and fix it, basically. Like, because remember, he left. It wouldn't have made it any better. I I have not seen the Schneider cuts. So I can't really. I don't know if you guys. It's not going to be better. Do you ever get a chance to see it, though? No, I'm not going to because I know it's <laughs> not going to make it any better. The movie is terrible. Like, it's not going to make it any better. I don't know. Well, I mean, but still, Batman Forever. I think the only other time I saw it again was when they were playing on TV, and I don't know. It like they try. It was because, like I said, it it was a big transition going from like Tim Burton, who embraced like the dark style, kind of detective noir Batman, and then of course Joe Schumacher comes in. And he tries to make it. I mean. Take away the brooding of Bruce Wayne and try to make it as campy as you can. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Tommy, I mean, I don't know. It's just the consistency with the characters. Because mm-hmm. now you have all new actors. People got used to Michael Keaton playing Batman. They bring in Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer, um, who came off a he was what Top Gun and some other films as well. And Chris O'Donnell came in um, as Robin, and it's like, but. I mean, Tom Lee Jones, like I said, as as Two Face. I mean, he was all right. Like Jim Carrey as Riddler, eh, it was all right. I just didn't like the suit. I kind of I wish because what happened was I got so accustomed to like Batman the animated series because like Batman animated series took a lot a lot of inspiration from you know Tim Burton films. Yeah, that's what what happened was I got stuck when that when Batman came out about ninety five. I was like ten years old at the time. Um, Batman the Animated Series came out like in 91 so I got accustomed you know I got accustomed to you know hearing that score by Danny Elfman and pretty much you know got used to Batman the Animated Series I thought you know may don't make Two-Face and the regular look just like you know what the animated versions are you know because in that one I mean Harvey Dam was of course African American so it's like you know and then of course yeah, Edward Nero which I did love the suit I mean, I understand. I think they try to do it like a tribute to like Frank Gorshin, but Frank Gorshin only had like the one question mark, and I like his like his character like, when the original Batman like in the sixties. That's his style. Here, it's like if you look at Jim Carrey's like, like I said, don't get me wrong, Jim Carrey tried his best at it. You know, <laughs> he tried to put some of his comedic hijinks in it, and I don't know, the suit could have been better. But I got, but like I said, I got used to the Batman series where you know Riddler has like the jacket and the the bowler cap and everything <laughs> because that was his own style of Riddler. Mm-hmm. You had the cane and everything, and I could see they try to combine both versions of it, both amalgamations, like like the Frank Gorshin, and of course, you know, the character in Batman in the series. But the only thing I wish Two Face was, I don't know. To me, it's like it. it what I liked about the Two Face in Batman in the series is what it was kind of blue because of the chemicals and stuff. Here, it was like here that made it like in the in Batman Forever. I, if you guys haven't seen it. To me, it was like he became Two Face because they show him in the courtroom scene in the courtroom, and they just drew like some chemical on his face, and he tried to he got thrown with some chemical face during a case or something. Versus in Batman in the series, it was during a chemical a- an accident at a chemical factory, mm-hmm. and here it was kind of like toned down or something, but it looked weird. It was like purplish, and I don't know. And the suit was kind of weird, but. I mean, over, I mean, the Batmobile was kind of cool, but 
But the only consistent they kept was the same actor who played Alfred. That was like the only think about it, he was the only consistent cast member throughout the whole series uh, throughout those four films. He was it was the same actor he the same actor played Alfred throughout their old films. That was, that was the only consistency they kept, but everything else, you know, George Clooney had taken over in Batman and Robin and and we got to see our short chance Mr. Freeze, but I don't want to get into that as well. But I don't know. To me it's like I don't know if there is a Shoewalker cut. I mean, who knows? If he knew about it, he would have said is. he would have said it earlier. I but of course, he he's passed on. So I don't know. <clears throat> I think this is not going to work because I mean, Warner Bros. going right now through the whole transition. Warner Bros. Discovery. That's their call now. They're calling Warner Bros. Discovery now. That's the conglomerate company now. So um, instead of Warner Media. So I don't know. It to me, it's like. It depends. You think people are going to be demand to see Batman Forever again? No. If there is a cut? No. No. There's no point. I think it's just drawn up like nonsense found in the internet. Just nonsense being made. Just nothing. Just nothing. I don't believe it. There was a, a cut being made of by Schumacher or any of that sort. I don't think he's made anything like that forever. I don't think Hollywood is knocking on his door to remake Justice League just because of Schumacher. Like, no, his films weren't taken that well either. So, like, there's no way he would have gotten that call. So, I, I think, it's, yeah, I think it's just nonsense being talked about the internet. Okay. All right, let me see what else is going on here. No, that was like the one thing that kind of stood out on me. Um, uh, to me, that was like one of the weirdest articles. That I saw, but I know the one big thing everyone's been talking about too. Like I think Marvel right now, the show Loki's coming out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Loki's gonna come out tomorrow, tomorrow on Disney Plus. Um, I don't think Beacon, have you seen the trailer for Loki? Ah, uh, yes, I have. So, what do you think of it? Are you excited to see it? Uh, yeah, I mean it's all right. It looks okay. It seems like they it, he's gonna have a decent story to follow. Um. And I like how it looks, the effects-wise, it looks like I'm watching a movie, so they're kind of giving what we expect from Marvel, at least more or less from, like, the production style of Daredevil, which was more simple simple sets, but very high, very high high effects, just very good touches of the film, and so, like, with Loki being a, a pretty vibrant character on screen, and, and someone who... Yeah, you know, he's a little bit good, a little bit bad, he kind of says on the trailer, and it's just kind of like, cool, we, we kind of get a character who you can kind of relate to in both aspects, whether you whether you lie uh, on that side of the spectrum and morality, I think it's cool that we're going to get that character, and um, they can expand him, and uh, I'm hoping the show does, does good, it looks like it will, um, I think Disney Plus uh, is going to get a little jolt again in, in um, viewership, and probably like some trending going on and talks on Twitter and stuff when it comes out because it's another Marvel property and considering that we haven't had any movies in a bit these properties are going to get a lot more attention these days and what I do like about this this is the this is not the Loki that you saw you know pretty much get killed by you know by Thanos this is if you haven't seen you know Endgame but spoiler if you haven't seen Endgame but this is the Loki from 2012's Avengers so this is not the same Loki who pretty much, you know, pretty much ends up helping out with Thor and stuff. 
This is the Loki for Chuan Sun. It's still Loki who pretty much came off of trying to launch an attack with these aliens trying to attack, you know, New York, and of course the Avengers stopped them. So this is to me like it's like yeah, it's that Loki from Twenty Twelve Avengers. Like based on the trailer, it's like because he uses the Tesseract, he gets like transported somewhere else, and I guess he gets captured by I guess they're like the Time Enforcement. Patrol or something, so they're, they're like debated. The way it looks like he's going to be traveling at different points in the universe and trying to fix certain events that somebody's trying to manipulate time and space. Time and space, and I guess he's either working off his death or helping him out or become like a time agent or something. Mm-hmm. And he got Owen Wilson. Like, wow, having having him in the Marvel universe now. That's interesting to see um, his character. So I don't know. It's kind of like almost similar to the Watchers, probably not, because this is like I said, it's more like a time force. Like a time police, and so I'm actually looking forward to it. But like I said, I love Tom Hiddleston. He does he does a phenomenal he did a phenomenal job as Loki. I mean, was a guy who honestly he gets more attention than the heroes, you know, because he's a guy that you know you want to hate because he's a backup, but he's like kind of like an anti-hero almost. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like the low like Deadpool because Deadpool's pretty much a merc, so he can work on either side as long as he's getting paid for it. But in this case, you know. And he's using the test right just to, you know, he's hiding away, you know, he's, you know, he used test right to escape and he's trying to lay low and, like I said, he runs to these, like, time agents and now he has to work with them and now it's, it's just to see the different decades he goes to because, like I said, I always show a little bit in the trailer, I think the most recent one, and, like I said, I'm looking forward to it, so it's going to be out, like, Wednesdays on Disney+, Plus, so it's going to be released, like, weekly, like, all the other Marvel series. So far, like I said, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I enjoyed it very much. WandaVision, so it's coming strong because I think that plus we got like Eternals coming out this year, Black Widow's finally releasing, um, we got Spider-Man to look forward to later this year, so like I said, like Hollywood's starting, you know, they're starting to catch up, mm-hmm. and then we got Shang-Chi as well, and the Ten Rings, so we got that as well, so we got a lot of Marvel stuff coming out this year, like a lot of content coming out, and like I said, Disney, you know, upping up their content with these Marvel shows just to keep the story going, you know? Just to keep the the character like the character building, the world building, to like like I said, shine new light on these other characters versus like the main Avengers, you know. So, yeah, definitely I'm um, looking forward to that. And I guess this is another. Um, um, I, here's another article I just found right now. <laughs> hmm. um, this is from comic.com. And I think this kind of relates to what's going on now because I know ever since that whole um, that one like Navy video from like 2019 about that UFO identified like from the Navy um I don't know, it's like a Navy radar camera or something it catches like identified flying off object was released officially because I know it's all talks about supposedly this year the government supposed to release a lot of documentation and stuff. Apparently, this article headline is showing. It's from comicbook.com. Mark is written by Adam Barnhart. And headline says, Former President Bill Clinton thinks aliens could be real. Really? Thanks, Clinton. It says here, By the end of this month, Congress expects a report from the U.S. intelligence community on the significance of an unidentified aerial phenomenon. Pretty much the government's official verbiage for UFOs. It says here, days after former President Barack Obama was candidate by the scenario in one interview, one of his predecessors being more open about the situation. This is from the article, guys. Tuesday morning, President Bill Clinton appeared alongside James Patterson, 
on life with Kelly and Ryan and is supported in a new book, The President's Daughter. Um, it's here Clinton Files suggests that he believes aliens could exist. He says here, The truth is we never proved one, but things are, there are things flying around up there that we haven't fully identified yet, the politician said in the morning show. That's what he quickly pivoted and told Kelly Ripper and Ryan Seacrest to think of the vastness of the cosmos. This is what Bill says too. He keeps talking. So I said, keep in mind there are billions of galaxies in an ever-expanding universe. I mean, you can't even get your mind out of the sheer number of things that are out there. No one knows, but I think the possible probability is that there is something you would call life somewhere else. Sure. So, what do you think? I agree with Bill. Film clip. Yeah, I believe I believe uh, good old Bill's saying the same thing a lot of people are saying is where the fuck are the files? Uh, we've, we're still getting a little glimpse of those marine videos uh, that have been circling the internet that have actually been out for a while if you haven't seen them, but they're actually kind of old. Um, but Tom DeLonge brought it up too with the Rogan's podcast because it's the same marine that went on there later uh, in the year. I think a year or two after Tom DeLonge's appearance on the Rogan podcast for them to talk about the same thing. So it was kind of like Getting Bill Clinton's opinion on this kind of whatever at this point. I mean, yeah. Like, the more and more they're, they're supposed to talk about this, it's funny that people aren't really reacting as much. But yeah, there they are aliens. We kind of... It's hard not to factor that in. The, the possibilities are endless. It's hard not to think that we're alone. That we're not alone in this universe. It'd be sad if we were. So, uh, for Bill Clinton to agree with that, sure. And for him to put it in his most eloquent way as possible, I think it's... I don't know why we're asking Bill Clinton quotes on aliens, but I guess... I mean, he asked Obama, too, because I think... Because I don't know, like... I th- I guess they, when you're president, they probably... You have access to certain secrets Oh, hell stuff. yeah, you have most of this access to those secrets. But you probably... There probably was a limitation once you, like... They know too much. Yeah, but I think they probably had to be a certain limitation once they, you know, left office, you know... Yeah, but they can't... I bet you they can't say shite. They probably had to have certain things they can't say, but I think they were either... I don't know if they had to wait until they got permission to say something. I mean, you know, Obama's like being candid about it, and he's been like on late night with James Corden and stuff too, and he gets pro about it because it's like, I think in like I think it is like I think when each president they get sworn in, they probably get you know they get access to certain secrets they have to take, but they probably have to have like a certain you know they probably have to sign something. Oh yeah. To say you can't say certain things once you or they'll kill you. <laughs> Without pretty much, you know, yeah, without any heavy repercussions. It's kind of like what we, any work that has like a non-disclosure agreement when you sign with a company or something or you can't say certain things or you take part like in a test or something. Or they'll kill you. Or they'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like I'm not saying aliens. I don't know. For me, I'm kind of like 50-50 on the whole alien thing. Because, yeah, it's great that if I'm, you know, releasing these videos... And it's like they're acknowledging, but sometimes to me, I'm like, could I be like leaning towards, you know, either are we going to actually like doing those documents? Hopefully, finally, we just write documents that, that, you know, if they do exist, like my, my thinking is, how come they have not made like, how come they have not talked to us yet, you know? How come they not make that? Yeah, yeah, we got videos of, the, of objects flying around, but how come they haven't, you know, now, during this time where we got this pandemic, how come they haven't made a chance to make an appearance, you know? 
and then just to see what the finally when these documents are finally released you know it'd be cool to see what you know earlier accounts like Area 51 and all that stuff and everything you know Area 51 supposedly was like a military testing site but it's been like you know in pop culture as being where they kept aliens apparently it's been like used so much in different films like Independence Day X-Files um, even spawn a freaking social media thing about Naruto running towards Area 51 which of course ended up you know they couldn't do it people were going to be afraid to get shot <laughs> because mm-hmm. it is a military base guys this guy can't be wrong it is a military base it's, it's federal soil you can't trespass but I mean like I said I'm like 50-50 when it comes to aliens you know I believe they exist, but the part of me is like, how come, like I said, how come they not make contact? And how come they have not make appearance on TV if they have the technology to hack our systems or something? How come they haven't, you know, interrupted a transmission? I mean, there's social media guy, aliens, there's social media, you could get on TikTok or something, or you fucking YouTube and make an appearance, you know? But, uh, I digress, it's like, I don't know. To me, it's like, like I said, it's, hmm. Like I said, it's 50-50 on that one. Um, I guess uh, I'm trying to see here. What's going on here? Oh, look at this, Conan Bryan. All right, it's on the headline today. I don't know if you remember Conan Bryan. Looks like he's going to end his, um, is Late Night Run on TBS soon? Oh, yeah, because it's going to go on uh, HBO Max, I think. Or Peacock, one of those. I think HBO, I think he He's says. got, like, a, a deal with that going on. Yeah, it says here... This is your... Uh, this is from IGN. Uh, it says here, Conor Bryan's final guest will be Jack Black. Um, oh, wow. It says here, an article is by J. Kim Murphy from IGN. It says here, at the morning, 10 years... On the air, Conan O'Brien's about to bid farewell to his TBS late night show, Conan. Jack Black has been booked on a series final guest as the show approaches finale, which is going to be coming this month on June 24th. Um, Black's appearance was announced alongside a lineup of celebrities that will guest during the show's final two weeks on the air, beginning on June 14th. Conan, um, Conan will host Patton Oswalt, Martin Short, J.B. Smooth, Mila Kunis, Bill Hader, and one more person that is still to be announced. Dana Carg will guest on will guest on the Pen Ultimate episode. This and the five episodes will feature several surprise guests to help provide a retrospective of Conan O'Brien's late night tenure. Um, O'Brien will be able to give Conan a proper um, send off as the final episodes will welcome a live studio audience for the first time in over a year. Vaccinations and masks will be required for all attendees. Conan has been filmed remotely throughout the pandemic, though the show has recently began inviting guests for in-person interviews. This is Conan went in its run with a one-hour finale. Which will air on H- one hour earlier than usual at 9, 10 p.m. Eastern. The TBS show regularly airs 30 minute episodes on Monday to Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, it says here it's going to, the finale will mark an end to a 27 year era of late night television. Ryan has not gone a few years without hosting a late night show since 93. He began his run on NBC's Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Though O'Brien moved from Late Night to Tonight's show in 2010, Network Politics brought it brought back to his tenure only a few months in. And O'Brien felt Quickly found a late new late home on TBS. Brian's not about to return to late night hosting anytime soon. Says Kamina was working on an upcoming weekly variety show for HBO Max. 
Though a few details have been revealed that show Brian will continue to expand his production company and its podcast offerings. Black's appearance at Conan will likely be ceremonial as opposed to promotional. Wow. And while Jack Black has no films recently in the immediate future, if you guys haven't like, if you guys played this video game, he has been cast as the voice of Claptrap in the upcoming Borderlands movie. So yeah, Conan O'Brien, dude, that dude, that dude is a legend, man. Um, I love. I remember like before I went to work or when I used to work night shifts at my old job, and or before I went to bed, I remember watching Conan on TBS, and I like his segments when he went to like different countries. Um, he went to Japan and he went to once to Korea. Um, Korea with um, oh my god, my ah, drawing a blank with the actor. Ah, he's the voice of Invincible. Ah, he played Glenn on Walking Dead, dude. I'm drawing. Oh, um, ah! Stephen Young. Stephen Young, yeah, he ended up him and him. They ended up going to the border. Uh, they went to the non um the demilitarization demilitarization zone. Sorry. Where like it's like the border between North Korea and South Korea. Um, I like when he did like Conan, like and he brought him there, and they got to experience that. Where how they cross from one border to the other, and the different cultures he embraced. I think he went to Mexico at one point too. Um, then, but like that was cool. You got to hang out with like I forgot which um, athlete he played with um, soccer with. He got to enjoy the culture there as well. He did like Lucha Libre. I remember one episode he did like hanging out with the Luchadors. And he had, like, former president he sent that fox on there. So it's kind of kind of cool. And then when he went to Japan, um, he actually went to um, this town in Japan where um pays homage to the author of the of Detective Conan. Um, which, and it's funny, it's Conan O'Brien going to the town Conan. So let me, well, I'll play the clip, but we can describe it to you. Well, we'll commentate on it. So let me go ahead and um, put the volume down here. I don't know if we can play a little bit of audio, but but let me show the clip of it at least so we can take a look at it. But it was one of those things that kind of like stood out to me because I remember seeing like he does like he did like a lot of like weeks at Comic Con, like he did these special like weeks, and I think he did one where he was in Chicago for a week. He did like the show's live from Chicago. I forgot what theater he did it in, but look up Conan. That guy's tall too. Man, that guy's a tall. Conan Brian, alright, Conan. It's Japan. There we go. Uh, it's got a found... Oh, here we go. It's like four minutes. It's like a four minute clip, but he ends up going to this town in Japan. He had the whole Conan without borders. Oh, they have captions. Okay, cool. There we go. Oh, goodness. I guess he was on Japanese media, too. Conan was? Yeah. This is when he was in Week in Japan, too. There we go. I have the subtitles on. Because he has the same name as Detective Conan. No, I think they're just making a story. I think they were just making their own subtitles. Conan's town mirror. <laughs> <laughs> what the freak? I'm 50,000 hamburgers. The heck? I think this is Conan's like thing. Hey, look at it. Oh, wow. Welcome to Conan town. Team. 
<laughs> That's awesome. They got like pictures of Conan. Don't worry. Oh, I guess like, he's like they compare it to like the the Japanese like comedians. Sana Tamori. I guess it's because he's kind of like almost like the Japanese comedians. Because I don't know how Japanese comedy is. Like their I mean their humor is kind of. <laughs> he flips in the wrong airport. What? Oh, he got to the wrong airport? Wow, look at this. He put it on his Instagram. There he is. Oh my god, look how tall he is, dude. Look at that. Good for everybody. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's like, he's at the town, so. <laughs> look, he's meeting with the mayor. <laughs> Bill Nye Japan. Oh, he was there from like Bush to Clinton. <laughs> oh, he's mayor for the day. They made him mayor for the day. Oh, yeah. They give him like a sash and everything. What the fuck? Little mirrors like having fun. Look at yeah, because if you guys are not familiar with Detective Conan, oh, look, he gave like the wig. <laughs> oh, of course it's fake, but Conan was delighted. Because suppose he made a joke saying that he won like three million as compensation because of the royalties. He's going to the building. He's, he's trying to cash the check. <laughs> it's a fake check. He's looking. He's trying to cash it. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but there's a town. Yeah, if you go to Japan, like the town, you see, they even got the statue of Detective Conan. Like, you can visit like the museum and stuff. And like that darker from the mangaka who does Detective Conan because it's based on a manga. Um, basically, um, look at it. You like. Burgers and stuff there, and he's talking to him. Oh, he's trying to, he's, they have him reading Japanese. That's good. That's all I can do in Japanese. <laughs> um, yeah, so they didn't have Conan. It's like about this um, young detective from um, Conan. Um, and what happens is he ends up during a case, um, he gets poisoned. Instead of killing him, reverts him back to like a kid. Mm-hmm. So, while they're investigating how a way to change it back, he's still working on cases. But now he has the size of a kid. So, but he ends up getting help from his partner and everything. But he's still solving cases and stuff. And it's been a long running. It's a long running series. Like the the anime still going along, and the anime still going. And I think the I don't know if the manga still. Going on, I, that's why I wanted to bring it up because of the, that, and you know, and it's like, like I said, I watched Conan Bryan, like it's interesting, you know, it's kind of sucked that he's not gonna be on TBS, and now he's gonna host a show on HBO Max. So yeah, I mean, it's good that he's gonna 
propel forward into the streaming service, which is, I think, is better for his career because that's where everything is now. So, like, um, and I always like to see whatchamacallit, Conan O'Brien working, uh, whether his it's late night show or podcast is pretty funny or, or his, uh, what is it, you, Conan Beyond Borders, things like that he does, even his YouTube clips. Like, just anything that he creates in, in, in content is always good. So, like, um, I think, yeah, like they mentioned in the article, his, it, there's going to be a void in, in late night that will be someone needlessly need to be filled as you could say even though we have like Jimmy Fallon Seth Meyers all these other cats in the in the in yeah, James game, Corden but, yeah and James Corden for what it's worth but like all these guys are not they're very much like they have their niche audience because like they're all as opposed to Seth Meyers but like all the other guys are just like oh they've been there I don't know it's called a Brian like you mentioned like since he's the last of the legends dude it's a was... long time yeah he's the last of the legends because so, remember he competed against Leno he competed against Letterman John Stewart, all of them, you know, it's like not the same. He was the last. He was the last, basically. Mm-hmm. Remember Craig Ferguson was doing some late night for a while now. And that's when James Corden took over for Craig Ferguson. So he was the last of the legends. We grew up watching Conan Bryan in the nineties to now. It's like he's like the last late night show from that era. And I mean, Jay Leno's doing some things. He's doing a lot of stuff with his cars and stuff. He's doing that, but. Yeah, it's like he's one of the final pioneers of late night television. Going back to Johnny Carson, um, Steve Allen, and you know, oh my god, I'm trying to play on another late night comedian. They did a variety show. It's a long time ago, but yeah, just going back to those legends. Like I said, he's like the one of the last ones, and having a 27 year career, whole doing late night. You know, even to the point when people forget he was a writer in The Simpsons. When he was doing comedy, he did. Uh, he wrote in The Simpsons, and even to the point where he actually directed an episode. I think he wrote. I think he wrote and directed an episode called The Monorail, March versus the Monorail, and then he did like a guest stint on The Simpsons when he was doing his late night. He came. They brought him back as a guest voice when Bart had the "I didn't do it." Yeah, and, and it was funny. Conan's on there, and you know, it's like I said, it's it's because it's sad that he always oh, leaving. You know, cable. He's leaving. Tele- he's leaving lo- like cable television. And now he's moving that transition to digital streaming, which, like I said, that's something that's that's going on. That's something that's taking over. And like he has his podcast, so he has his his platform to work on. Like I haven't listened to the podcast, I might have to give it a listen to to it. But like you said, Biko, it, it like being on streaming helps because you've seen a lot of people that. I mean, Letterman went does things on Netflix because I think just doing a weekly episode probably just like kind of gives him less more time to prepare to try to do like every single night you know do it for like for four days in a row or Monday to five days in a row well you now you just have one week just to do a weekly show and just like prepare for that week you have more time more control you know kind of like more leeway because it's kind of similar to what podcasts are too because podcasts is like talk radio but having doing it weekly kind of gives you more time to prepare and stuff and yeah so you know congrats Conan I hope you do really well when you go over to you know digital streaming you know after 27 years you know interesting and one thing um, I don't know if people decide to waste their money on watching the Mayweather and Logan Paul fight I don't know if you people saw any articles on that 
about what? Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather because oh god I, <laughs> I've been hearing not, not articles I've been hearing on podcasts I've listened to to talk about it I like it for what it's worth it is what it is um look if he lost uh I still have yet to see the fight I think I might watch it later today I've made me have to play off basketball just to see what it was because it was an exhibition but uh for what I heard it it was it was um both guys put on a show for what it was uh I for what I heard that the Paul brother hit him a couple times Mayweather kind of did what he always does kind of like just plays it out and then he continued but there was no knockout so for what it's worth since there wasn't any judges it, it, you really? Call it where it was yeah there's no judges it just it was an exhibition so uh, people arguing if there was judges be different uh, but nonetheless it's it's a win for YouTubers as far as the Pauls being able to get this thing to go on and like the fact that he was able to fight Mayweather and like all that and then they made both made their money. Uh, it's a sad day for boxing because like it's kind of embarrassing that you discard more attention uh, a guy who hasn't boxed a match in six years to essentially come out of retirement, fight a YouTuber, not a boxer, not a professional boxer, a YouTuber. And then essentially announces retirement after again, like he's not gonna fight because it's just it's just you know growing up with all that like it's kind of. I think just uh, to me, I think it's more like Mayweather try to grow his brand. His yeah, which is brand, fine. Which I understand. Yeah, you want to promote your, you want to be a work, you own your own promotion. I think I to me, I think I saw that was more like promoting his brand, like promoting his promotions, like you know, like Oscar Dolly has Golden Boy um, promotions. That's pretty much I think what it was, but. It's like I haven't watched boxing in a long time, and this the yeah, I mean, for me it's like I remember back in the day we used to go into boxing because of Oscar De La Hoya stuff. We remember going to our uncle's house and mm-hmm. used to invite us and our folks over to watch boxing. And the now, if you compare it now, it's like you said, it's more like for show now. It's like it kind of takes with the legitimacy of what other people are putting, training their bodies, you know, preparing to do the work and fight. For belts and stuff. This, like you said, this is, it was an exhibition. It was just try both people trying to promote their brands or, mm-hmm. and of course, the one thing that I saw this right now, people were going crazy too was uh, I guess Logan Paul wore like a, I guess he wore a shiny Charizard Pokemon card. He had like a he had it in his case and wore like with a chain around it. And apparently, according to this, from this article, it said he spent about $150,000 on the card. And I guess right now, Pokemon cards are, again, getting big because of monetary means. They're being, like, trade like stocks, basically. People are investing in Pokemon cards to sign them up for big bucks. To the point, like, now it's like a launch of, like, you know, videos, of unboxing videos of Pokemon cards. And being, you know, almost like... Oh, I like. Oh, what's that word? Oh, they're being. Oh my god, I'm like really drawing a blank today. I, I was outside most of the day, guys. I do apologize. My brain's kind of burned. But when they assess the value of your house, I forgot it's like an audit. Yeah, assessment or something. Uh, property assessment. Sure. Property assessment. So that's what they're doing with Pokemon cards right now, and that's why I said it's getting black because it's like. And it's like, oh, he's coming out with the Charizard thing and everything. Because right now, it's like the, I guess the real other cards are like getting a lot of money for it right now. Pokemon cards and stuff. 
instead of like being used what they're supposed to be to play against other people now it's being treated more like making money which I do understand you know gotta make money somewhere but yeah yeah it, like that's the one thing that's still off in his article that he won the Pokemon card but I think I was listening to Bill Birdie and he was he made a joke saying because I guess one of his buddies but see, they wanted to see the fight. He was like, "No," <laughs> he brushed. I was like, "No," because remember they tried to get was it they tried to get who they tried to get Tyson Holyfield to fight again. Look what happened with that. Yeah, and a lot of these a lot of these gimmick fights are going to keep popping up because people have seen that there's people out there that are willing to pay for it, and the people few numbers will tell. Um, obviously, we don't have access to that data, but it seems to be profitable. Given that the payouts to each fighter has been kind of immense, even for example, the Tyson and uh, who the fuck did he fight again? Uh, Tyson and uh, Jones Jr. fight like that was that one itself garnered a lot of pay per view uh, numbers. So these things are going to continue to pop up. Is it a financial venture that I would invest in? I mean, it is working for these people, but um, I think at this point, when if you're a Paul brother, you can garner enough attention that these pay-per-views are going to sell. So I, it's very weird to see that this type of entertainment is taking hold in the mainstream. But um, if we ever got, for example, a Tyson Holyfield fight, shit, I can I can guarantee that we'll make a lot of money. Even given these guys are well into their um, old age, like well, not super old age, but they're getting up there. It's they're way out of their, like, athletic prime, people, so, like, but there are going to be fans out there who will pay that money, so, at the end of the day, it's weird, it's, like, it's bad for the boxing, the sport of boxing, because it's, like, for what it's garnered throughout the the years, being such an old, prolific sport, um, it's kind of lost its flair to the UFC taking market space from them, and just not having that same impact as far as, like, having these events, so, as we see these other events hosted outside of boxing, it's kind of interesting. Like, it's taken away that flair. And, and maybe it's going to get a lot of these older guys to come out and just kind of like to pay down. I mean, we saw Chad Johnson or Ocho Cinco fucking fight in the, in the card. He was in the undercard for that same event. This really? Past weekend. Yeah. I mean, he lost, but he was in there. So, like, these are guys are going to come, collect their checks, and come out. And frankly, if people are going to pay, why? I don't blame them. It's, 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 it's fucking weird. Um, yeah, and I just pull up, I guess, the reactions to it. It says here, I guess these are reactions from the from the exhibition. Um, some are from Twitter, from tweets. So I'm going to read you the tweets um, that basically came from... This article is from Yahoo Sports. The article is written by Ryan Young. Um, and pretty much get the reactions from, like, other people in the sports world, what the reactions were to the fights, or people in like entertainment as well. Um, let me pull it up. Like here's from Tim Reynolds. His Twitter's Twitter has at by Tim Reynolds says Papa Doc put up more of a fight against B Rabbit. <laughs> uh, DC Daniel Comer Comer says hats off to Logan Paul. He went eight rounds with the greatest boxer ever. Now I go look for Floyd. Andreas Hale says, no official winners announced, so either, either we all won or we all lost. You choose, hashtag me where Paul. And then Canelo Everest, who basically is our generation's Julio Cesar Chavez, um, basically had an emoji with the face yeah. face against the, the head, basically. And 
Garrett Kroger, not one single knockdown. And then I guess he put a meme or something says here. Basically, just cash the checks. You're going to put up that meme. Like, uh, double L must rock the bells. Those who didn't pay for it. <laughs> and because I guess they're replying to a tweet that Showtime Boxing put. Who do you think won the fight? Um, Lindsay Nicole said Floyd didn't do didn't even do anything. And yeah, it was... just says from I guess Chris Kirshner said that fight was so terrible. Another person replied, "Tough scene for whoever bought that fight." This another one says the real sad part is that these poor boxing journalists who had to be some kind of the kind of sort of pretend that this is real. And one person says people are booing, but what do you, what did they expect? Yeah, because like it was just like a. It was exactly what I thought it was gonna be, and that's the problem. Like, you get you get a mixture of like people were excited for the fight, and then like uh, for instance, when we got the fight. yeah, I remember Vander Holyfield back in the day, Mike Tyson Holyfield. That to me, I think that was like the last great boxing match I ever remember. Just kept growing up because it got to a point. That's when you know Tyson that did it for this ear biting. He bit a piece of Holyfield's ear off and spit it out and. That's when Tyson lost his license to fight again. He got suspended by the World Boxing Commission, but that to me was like the last big fight I saw in Mike Tyson's career. And then when they announced him Roy Jones Jr. again, it's like, but they announced it so many, so many years. Last year, they decided to do a pandemic. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. like I said, they tried to capitalize on a pandemic, try to, like, I understand it, try to get people to entertain people while they're at this tough time, but, but yeah. And like I said, it was an exhibition, and nobody apparently nobody got knocked out. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was just it went to the I think it was eight rounds or so. It yeah, went, it was at, all it rounds. was in Miami too. It was at a freaking football stadium in Miami. Yeah, imagine the people had to pay to go see it if they had limited attendance. I I, I don't know, man. It's just mm. it's impressive for them to sell out like that. But most- and that that's a good tweet that I said. Who really won? Who really won that fight? No one. Yeah, no one did. You know who lost the fight? People who wasted their money on it. I'm sorry, I gotta be honest. People who wasted their money on it. Mm-hmm. Wish they could have used that money here to feed their family and do something else with it. But like I say, if you're a fan of Logan Paul, if you're a hey, give it to you. But honestly, come on. <laughs> I would say, if you want to watch real legitimate fight, watch UFC. Watch championship boxing. Watch WBC on ESPN. Come on. Don't. Uh, I, this is coming up with a guy who watches professional wrestling. Which, honestly, I did, forgot to mention the um, previous podcast. I ended up catching um, Double or Nothing. First time I ordered a per pay-per-view. That's not WWE. Because it's getting a point now. WWE is releasing a lot of their tongue-tied talent. And they're claiming budget cuts now. Especially talent they've been using primarily in their programming. And they just release them when they were trying to get a story going. All of a sudden, it's like now you can't do nothing because you can't do nothing with the story now because you let go of the talent. And Double or Nothing was a good event. I mean, there were some slowdowns on some matches, but overall, I enjoyed Double or Nothing because it was the first time it was a full capacity wrestling show. It was in Jacksonville, the first time they had the whole Daily's place filled out, and it did not disappoint. Um, Young Bucks, um, Vendor Tiles against. Moxley, Eddie Kingston, which I like wanted to see Eddie Kingston because, you know, you see wrestlers from like independent promotions, you see former WWE guys who are able to get more creative freedom um, with their characters. 
And Tony Khan, Tony even though he, he's had a creep, but he kind of like, you know, lets them give their ideas and stuff. Gets like, At least the, the, the talent gets to put some of their ideas in. And, and kind, of, kind of helps them out how to get that, you know, that, that across the audience, you know. And, and also we got to see, you know, former W10, like Matt Hardy, Christian Cage, get involved in their matches. And, and of course, Jungle Boy, congratulations, Jungle Boy Jack Perry for winning the... the Casino Battle Royale. He's going to be taking out Kenny Omega in a couple weeks on Dynamite, on a Saturday edition of Dynamite. Dynamite. Um, um, we got to see Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, winning the AEW Women's Championship against the Karashita, which I was looking forward to this fight, but yeah, it was kind of slow to the point the audience kind of was like, during the match, they kind of lost focus on it, but eventually it picked up afterwards. And congratulations to her. Uh, we got to see Mark Henry make an appearance, an appearance that no one expected that he was going to walk away from the WWE. And he was on, he hosts Busted Radio on Sirius too. He, was, he hosts like a, like a radio show. It's called Busted Open. And he talked about, I think he was on a podcast, he talked about how he told WWE he wanted to do like, it wasn't he wanted to wrestle again, but he wanted to at least get a job as a producer work in the office. And he didn't give an idea and he never went through. So he let his contract run out, and he signed with AEW. And now he's gonna be like he's gonna be now he'll be a commentator when AEW has their third like their third show Rampage on Fridays, but he's gonna be a coach as well. Hmm. So he's gonna help develop the young talent and gives his own like advice and stuff too. It's all be interesting to see. And then of course we had all Kenny Omega defending his title against Orange Cassidy and Pac which was a great triple threat match and I just wish Orange Cassidy would have won um, but Ken Omega being the belt collector he's got like I said Ken Omega has AEW Championship the Impact Championship TNA Championship and Triple um, A uh, Mega Championship and um, uh, we got to see the Stadium Stampede match which was really cool because they did it outside at the Jacksonville Stadium it was between the Inner Circle and the Pinnacle, and of course, the you know, Inner Circle lost, and we had to disband. And it was a good fight, like the way they did it and everything, and they went all the way to the, the amphitheater when they were filming um, Double Nothing. It was kind of cool, like Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, congratulations to them. And overall, I enjoyed the pay per view. It was like four hours, dude. And like Damn. 11. This is during Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> and to do that, and they actually had a good amount of buys for it. As well, and it's like I said, it was like I remember the last time I paid for pay per view, which as you have seen, and it was the first time I do a wrestling one. I would check it out because I've been like, I don't know, it's like I still follow WWE, but it's like I don't know, they gotta get their shit together when it comes to creative. And then all of a sudden, you get rid of these talents due to budget cuts, and you had them in stories, and now you have to change everything again. And at least with AEW, they're going strong. I mean, and so far, I mean, they got a new site. Like, I watched Dynamite last weekend on Friday um, when I finally recovered from my, my COVID shot. <laughs> well, that's those guys. I'm fully vaccinated. <laughs> um, and I saw that, and they introduced another former WWE standout, Andrade Idolo. He signed a deal with AEW. Um, so he's going to be, I think he's wrestling in Triple H. I think he's doing some. What I like about AEW, they let you like do other dates for other promotions, just to just to fill out the dates they had left. Would you do honor that? And they're, I know that they got partnerships with Impact a little bit with certain wrestlers they can use on their show. And um, I think they brought some wrestlers from New Japan for wrestling. You know, like 
There's been talks about New Japan Pro Wrestling doing some talks with WWE, possibly. Either sharing talent or something. But AEW is going strong. What I do like uh, with AEW is um, some of the storylines they have. Especially showing a little bit on the BTE on YouTube. Uh, BTE being the elite. It's the the Young Bucks started at when they were... They started like a YouTube vlog when they were like, you know, traveling the dates when they did indie shows. And they had like some segments and stuff along the way. And here what I like about now when it went to AEW now, they have a lot of like the other talent out there now like showing their creative chops. Which is kind of cool. And and, like if you want to see other stuff besides, you know, what's going on in the ring, you see stuff behind the scenes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of cool. Definitely need to check that out. That's BTE on YouTube. Um, and like I said, and plus, AEW has their shows like Dark Elevation on Mondays, AEW Dark on Tuesdays, where the other talent gets to shine on YouTube as well. And then they get their time in the ring. Even like major talents will be in there too. Even though they're dark, they're like dark matches, but you get to see the other talents like start their stuff in there. You get to see talents that you do follow. But I like about oh, this is a promotion where losses and wins count. And they rank them too. They rank them and see who's like number one contender based on their rankings. And like every year, they change that the they, their records start new, basically. So they have one for trios, for like trios, tag teams, and singles. That's how they do the records. It's kind of cool. I just wish they hopefully they'll probably do a trios championship because I I, I forgot what promotion does like a trios championship, which like all three members have about. So far they have right now AEW just has the AEW championship, the the women's A. The championship and the TNT championship, which is like the television one. Right now, that one's probably held by Miro. So, okay, we're going to go ahead and take um, a break for ad, for an ad read. So, we'll be right back in a few minutes. Enjoy the ad. Hey, everybody. This episode of Talking Pop is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to check out poddex.com. Make sure you use that special promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or gamify their podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Once again, that is poddex.com. And make sure to use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. Hey guys, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that little ad. Um, Okay, uh, I think we're going to probably like Wrap it up in a little bit because Biko has to go somewhere. Um, Biko, anything you want to share from the world of Reddit? Yeah, I just found uh, which is hilarious, but uh, to me, this is so, kind of like what this episode's been gone. It's so, ridiculous news. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think it was earlier last year, within the mid time during the pandemic. But last year, um, Gap and Kanye West uh, went into a partnership deal. I think that's supposed to last about a decade. And it's basically a great a creative partnership deal, and it could be involving clothing, and it just has to do with the ZZ clothing line, right? So the partnership with that stuff, not to go, not to take away from his Adidas partnership he has too for a shoe line. So he divvied up his clothing line in general to be in separate pieces. So those are like separate things. So, anyways, I think he got into a partnership with Gap to release clothing through them too. So the first thing dropped today. Uh, and it was a two hundred dollar jacket, 
and it already sold out for Gap. It's, <laughs> it's going to roll out apparel for women, men, and kids this fall. Um, so the first item from Kanye West's clothing, clothing line with Gap dropped today and appears to already be sold out. The rapper launched a single item for an anticipated easy Gap line, and it's a $200 unisex blue puffer jacket that became available for pre-order on Tuesday, and it's already unavailable after hours it dropped. Um, and then a, spokesman, a spokesperson for Gap told Fox Business in the email that the waiting room for pre-orders of the jacket will reopen soon. It's a bright blue jacket launched on West's 44th birthday meeting today, and it's made from recycled nylon. It's, a, it's slated to ship this fall and be the start of the 10-year deal with West and the retailer. The Easy Gap line, announced last year, will roll out apparel for men, women, and kids. It's tailored to younger shoppers offering items like basic t-shirts, hoodies, joggers, and West will keep ownership over the Easy brand during the whole line of the partnership. So this is just the first item, and, and as you can see, it's already sold out. And if you go look it up, it's it's um, it's a blue nylon puffer jacket straight out of the 90s, if you can think about it. And mm-hmm. it looks like you can wear that now. And... and I'm sure people are gonna. I mean, for what it's worth, I'd wear. I'd wear it, but I don't know if I'd spend two hundred dollars on it. Um, but for what I can tell, it doesn't get recycled. And then, I mean, it's a good thing that's all recycled nylon. I mean, probably won't be able to wear it right now because it's freaking. No, it's warm working outside. outside yeah. But like, I mean, it's not supposed to come out for another couple months. It's for the fall. So this is like pre-orders and stuff. Yeah, these are just pre-orders. Damn, and it already blocks. sold out, and it's a two hundred dollars jacket. So it goes to show you that. Uh, some people have been steadily working through the COVID time, so like they're able to spend two hundred dollars on a jacket, um, and all power to them. It's for more or less the hype to to get. I mean, it's the first item in the Gap partnership, so like it's going to be worth a lot more than two hundred dollars down the line. Um, if its resale value is going to go up, um, I'm sure. As far as luxury designer items, in this case, being Kanye. Um, it could go up, like res- like luxury resellers can can eat this shit up. To be honest, like they'll, I'm sure they'll buy the jacket up and resell it for higher value, the markup. So, um, I think it's just another win for Kanye as far as him. As you could see, it's already making an impact, and I think he probably has to get a percentage of the royalties on the sales of each of the jacket. So I mean, it's gotta be like yeah, it's gotta be like if they were to make put into print all those jackets, like for them to sell. I mean. Look at that. Already sold out pre-orders, and they're still going to have to have another session of pre-orders for the, for the jacket. So they already can focus just on the fact that they sold out their pre-orders, that it's a high demand. Um, and then uh, I think I also read that his manager did say his album's coming up soon, too. So Kanye West isn't... isn't uh, necessarily a stranger to this kind of tactic when he kind of pops up in the media again right around when he's about to drop an album or something to promote so this is pretty much to this textbook play and i wouldn't buy the jacket but fuck i mean I, I could see some people buying it and liking it and i don't know if it's like i don't know if that makes it worse because then it's like can you put out does that make his clothing necessarily good that like people, there's demand for it or more or less it's just a demand because it's a hype thing it's a hype item and not necessarily because it's actually distinguished like craft I mean, I mean to me, it's like pretty much saying, it's like it's like as long as, like for any product that's endorsed by a celebrity, yeah, people are going to buy it because it's a collaboration. That's what it is. It depends like whose name is attached to it. Mm-hmm. People are going to flock to buy it. And it's like it's like when um, 
Michael B. Jordan did the whole, which I was, he's a big anime fan. People don't realize he is a big anime fan. And he even said on air, he's a big Naruto fan. He did that whole collaboration with Coach to do like the Naruto inspired like clothing and stuff, which was really cool. I wish I would have, you know, bought the, the shirts and stuff. I think the prints were like selling for a hefty price. But, I mean, if you're a big fan of, you know, if you are a big fan of Kanye West, I understand the need to buy it. And it's something, like I said, if you're a big fan, you're willing to buy it. It's, it's just the choice of the person, you know. It's the choice of the people. Like, if you're a big fan, you want to support them, yeah, definitely, you definitely will buy it. But $200 for a jacket? I don't know, man. That, to me, it's like, eh. I mean, like I said, it's recycled nylon, so maybe because it's made of recycled materials. That will kind of steer me to it, but I don't know. $200 for a puffer jacket at this time and age. But like I said, it's a pre-order since so it's coming out in the fall. That would be useful. <laughs> But, like I said, it just depends on the item. You know, it depends on the collaborations and stuff. I mean, it just really depends, yeah. So, it's weird. I mean, Gap, I mean, Gap's going to love it because it just helps their business. They've been going through rocky waters for the past decade um, when it comes to the retail change and, and how businesses operate. So, like, they, this is something that's going to give them a boost. Uh, and, and obviously, it's kind of what they wanted and success to what their partnership would entail and why they want to have with the partnership with Yeezy um, and it's in his clothing line. So, uh, I, for what it's worth, I'm interested to see what else comes out uh, from his line. And, and albeit $200, for, is it crazy for a jacket? Eh, sure. I mean, it doesn't look like you could wear that during the winter, winter months here, but... It's stylish. It's probably like a fall. fall. Probably like, like yeah. I said, it's probably like a, something you might so, wear to a party or something, just to dress up or something for like a party. Maybe something like that. I mean, if it was like practical, you wear it to a winter. It depends. Like, like I said, if, if anybody who ended up wearing that, um, wearing that that jacket, let us know on Twitter and see if that's actually could be practical for the winter. I'm just curious to see how it is. And if it was worth the 200 bucks, let us know on Twitter at Pop Talking. Make sure to tweet us at that. Um, Anything else to add, Beagle? Uh, no, just, uh, no, nothing I know of. Okay, so um, I'm going to wrap this up this episode with a little anime corner with the franchise. So, to show you guys, what I do with this anime corner, I just started this, like, last week. I've been, even though I've been doing the anime recommendations so far for episodes, I decided to dedicate some time um, with the episode because I am an anime fan. I've been watching anime for so long, and... Um, you can follow me on my anime list. Um, go to anime, my look up Fontai685, and you can check out my list of anime that I have seen or anime I'm currently watching. I'm going to give you guys one of the anime I'm currently watching. I'm actually doing a rewatch because the new season just came out this year. I know with a lot of like animes getting pushed back to this year because of the pandemic, I decided to give this one a rewatch again. It kind of fits to what Beaker was like talking about when it comes to music artists and their collaboration with fashion, fashion designers, uh, fashion you know companies. So the one I'm kind of rewatching right now, and of course the new season is out right now, is called Zombieland Saga. Uh, it came out in 2018. It ran for 12 episodes, and the genre is comedy, music, and supernatural. Um, it's by Studio Mappa, who's been getting a lot of like work when it came to other animes such as Attack on Titan, One Punch Man. All that slices my Funimation, and like I said, it is an original work. It is like nothing based on a manga. I think it's got like a mobile game. I think, but it's an original anime, so it's not based on a written work. Um, 
And they give you the synopsis for it. Um, Sakura Miyamoto dreams of becoming an idol. Unfortunately, reality hits her like a truck and she dies in a sudden traffic accident. Ten years later, she wakes up in Saga Prefecture only to find herself a zombie with no memory of her past. While still coming to terms with her demise, she meets a man named Kotaru Tatsumi who explains that he has resurrected her and six other zombie girls from different eras for the purpose of economically revitalizing Saga by means of an idol group. Assuming the role of an abrasive manager, Kotaru begins scheduling events. The girls go along with it and eventually decide to name their idol group Fran Shushu. In an absurdly comedic take on the idol genre, Samurai Saga tells the story of Francis's heartwarming struggle to save Saga Prefecture while hiding their zombie identities and rediscovering their past lives. So, I'm not much into like music, anime. I'm been, like I said, I've been trying to open up my horizons, and you know, idols are kind of like a big thing in Japan, and I kind of like this because take like if you're a fan of, like a zombie thing, and it's like a take take on idols, but now they're zombies and they're trying to be idols and. You know, if you're into, like, supernatural music and stuff, and, like, I watched both English dub and Japanese, the original language. I'm just re-watching it right now in Japanese. And um, you can watch the dub on Funimation. Um, they have the dub on Funimation, but if you watch the uncut version versus the simuldub version, um, the voice actresses, the English voice actresses actually um, did the songs. Actually did the English versions of the songs. So if you want to see that... Or, like I said, you can watch the subversion and listen to them. Because, like I said, they do different genres of music in there. But, like I said, it's all about them, you know, trying to revitalize the Saga Prefecture. And, like, try to deep a little bit in their past and stuff. Because they're trying, trying to remember what happened to them when their past lives and stuff. But, like I said, you, they, there's different zombies in different eras. And just trying to find that cohesiveness and try to work together. So, and, of course, the new season is out called Zombieland Revenge. That's currently airing on Crunchyroll. Um, you catch that as well. You can also check out Zombieland Saga itself too on Crunchyroll as well. And on Funimation at the first season. So definitely check it out. And right now it's currently at a 7.52 score on my anime list. Um, it's ranked at 15.20. So like I said, if you want to follow your boy on my anime list, just look up my username at Funchise685. Um, yep, that's no, it's actually Elphobar685 on my anime list. So you check me out on there. But like I said, check out Zombieland Saga. That's the one I'm currently watching from. That's on my currently watching list on my anime list. So, and also too, I do want to mention I did catch up on One Piece itself, the most recent episode. And oh my god, spoiler! If you guys have not seen it, if you probably read the manga, you'll probably were great to see it finally animated as well. But dude, I was blown away from that reveal of who the spy was for Kaido and Orochi. I don't want to give it away. But it just blew me away that it was that individual from the Kosuki group. So it was like Kosuki Odin's group. And I was surprised that that's the person who was giving information to Kaido and Orochi about what the plans were for for the rebellion, basically. And it, like I said, it just hit me hard because like, oh, all this time this person was an ally. They come across now, that person is pretty much a traitor and a spy. So, like I said, you have to check out the episode for yourself. Um, you can check out One Piece. I think it's simulcasting on Funimation, Crunchyroll. I'm not sure. It used to be simulcasting on Hulu. I don't know if are still doing it on Hulu. But definitely check it out as well. One Piece is still going strong, guys. Um, it's one of the longest running animes right now. And also the longest running manga. So, definitely check that out as well. Make sure to give it a read. I better start reading it over because I started the anime of it. Um, talk about that. Um, of course, uh, 
chime in a little bit on My Hero Academia, so I want to get into that just a little bit. I don't want to spoil too much in a recent episode because I read the manga version of it. Uh, definitely, finally, continuing where we left off with the last week's episode, they're just Team A, Deku's team, and Mononoa's team are, you know, having their finishing up their, their battle, their training battle, so... That, I'm just going to leave it at that. I want you guys to check the episode, but it's basically just a conclusion to it, and I want to see what you guys react to it. Um, like I said, I read the manga version of it, and I was blown away, and I was glad to finally see it animated, especially with Deku having to deal with the new power that he discovered. So definitely check out Pokemon no Hero Academia 5th Season, currently airing on Funimation, and Crunchyroll, and also simulcasting on Hulu. Um... And of course, my Japanese, I'm still learning like a few phrases. Uh, so, like I said, um, so have a good rest of your evening, guys. Um, I'll be glad to take off, but you can follow us on the podcast and at Twitter at Pop Talking. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash talking pop. You can check out our merch store on spring.com slash stores. Search for talking pop. We got hoodies, we got tank tops, especially now that it's warm. We got coffee mugs. We got shirts with the new logo. Don't worry, I did design new Beagle shirts and new franchise shirts, so you will see those designs shortly. I will still be working on new designs. I just got this logo creator app, which just let me, you know, create my imagination. Um, you can check out backlog episodes of the podcast on our boy, on our home platform, Anchor, but also available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Audible, or where you get your podcast fix. I also want to thank Poddex for sponsoring our podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed that little ad read. And like I said, check out poddex.com. You know, they got really cool decks. I got a couple of the decks. I got the episode deck and the interview deck with me. And make sure to make sure, don't forget to use that promo code in the ad read. Make sure to use that special promo code. I'll even tell it again. Talk pop to save yourself 10% off your order at checkout. So thank you so much for joining us this week. Stay cool. We'll see you guys again next week. As always, geek on and take care.